student experience, support and services at the University of Bradford. You're listening to My Bradford. Hello and welcome. I'm Chris and today I'm joined by Tom Whitford Bartle, a student life advisor here at the university. Hiya Chris, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. And we're going to be talking a little bit about finance as a student and the cost of living. As with most things in life, finance is a part of university life. You know, thinking about course fees, housing costs, bills, food, etc., that kind of thing. Uh, for a lot of students, this can be a new experience, having potentially just like moved out of home from living with parents. And even for those who aren't new to sort of your own, managing your own finances, there's a lot to consider and it can be a lot of new things to add to that and, and think about. So I think it's an important thing to consider sort of before you come and make sure you're all fair with things, make sure you know what's going on and if you need any advice, you can then ask for it because you've, you've thought about it a little bit ahead of time. So jumping over to you then, Tom, when students start thinking about applying for university, they also have to immediately start thinking about this as well and that's the beginning of their journey. How do they go about doing that? What's that start look like? So within our team, we're, we're there to kind of advise and guide students and student finance is really the bread and butter. So what we would always advise students, first of all, is make sure you start your application nice and early when the application's open. Um, you can just check that online, you know, because it can change from year to year. Make sure you're getting ahead of the game, putting all your information in. Um, and the reason we advise you to do it early is just because, for example, if you are under 25, you will need to get your parents' household income, fill that in. If you're over 25, but maybe you have, you live with a partner, you'll have to get their householding, their financial information, put it on there. So there's lots to fill in and it just makes sense to get it done nice and early so you're not going to have any delays. Every year, however, we do have the odd person who maybe has left it a little, little bit late. And really the only thing that that could mean as a bad thing let's say is maybe they'll get their first payment from student finance late it's not too catastrophic but obviously that could have an impact for you maybe your accommodation or your rent like with most things being organized and getting things done early is never a bad thing because if there is an issue then as well it gives you time to sort that out or maybe it's some information you didn't know you needed suddenly you've got time to sort it out it it mitigates for potential unknowns that might pop up and allows you to be a bit more prepared so that's always a useful thing to consider with regards to the paperwork. And I think the paperwork is one of the things that people fall over the most with because it can be very complicated. You know, there's a lot of fine print. There's a lot of small print, I guess is the word. And it's good to make sure, A, you're reading up on it properly. So when you get information through from student finance, read it, check it, read everything. And if you're not sure, start asking questions then, because if you don't, you might miss something and then it's going to become a problem down the road after you've filled a lot of stuff in, but maybe you missed section whatever. It can cause problems. So just be, be sure to take the time to sit and read and check and, and be confident that you understand it all. Yeah, and we would always advise people, don't be afraid to ask the questions like you said there, Chris. We do, Applicants can, you know, send us an email into our inbox, money at bradford.ac.uk. They can ask us questions um, or, you know, go to open days, go to those applicant days because there will always be a student advisor there who can give you that student finance advice and you can just quiz them. You know, please don't be afraid to ask questions. That, that's the main thing, really. The more questions you ask, the better informed you'll be. You'll be in a better place. And like I say, there's those, those people are available at things like Open Days. So if you're engaging with the university already to look at course information, to come along to Open Days, speak to academics, 
make sure you set a little bit of time aside on those days to also speak to the other services that are available, such as the finance team, just to get some advice and, and answer any of those queries. And if you've looked at it before, and like we said, being prepared, you've maybe got a list of questions you can ask straight away, and it just makes the whole thing a little bit smoother. So definitely worthwhile considering and making time for that, because I know you guys spend a lot of time making sure you're available to those prospective students to be able to help them should they ask for it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a big part of our job, you know, giving the advice, answering the questions. And just to add as they are well, you know, people listening, maybe your school or college has a specialist who you can speak to, or maybe they'll bring people from universities into your school and college to speak to you and to maybe deliver a student finance talk. I've done plenty of them in my time. So yeah, make sure you go sign up for those talks. Make sure you ask questions. Just keep your ears open for anything that's available. And if the opportunity arises, jump on it and take it because it's only beneficial for you at the end of the day. I mean, that covers a lot of the stuff for, for the finance side of it, for, you know, getting your fees for university sorted out, maintenance, loans, grants, that kind of thing. But there's also the consideration of where you're going to live. Now, obviously, if you're local, you can maybe still live at home, whatever that looks like. But if you do need to look at accommodation, A, you don't want to miss out. So you need to start looking early to make sure you get a place on there uh, in the accommodation. But also that does need paying for. So that's something else to consider. And you need to be aware of what those costs are going to be. Yeah. And that's why we, as you've said again, Chris, we'd say make sure you start early. Now, when I was a student, which wasn't that long ago, a few years ago, I lived at home. I commuted into my university. Nice and easy for me. I give my parents a bit of board, which plenty of students do nowadays. However, if you are wanting to get that experience where you live away from home for the first time, or if maybe you're just renting anyway, make sure you are going to speak to the university accommodations. Do your research. There are some really useful websites out there that will compare different university accommodations. And again, that's another reason why it's good to go to those open days, because maybe you can meet some current students, student ambassadors working at them, those events, ask them questions. You can probably sign up to go on an accommodation tour Um, and they will usually be around university campuses, maybe four or five different student accommodation providers. We would recommend going for the student accommodations because they tend to offer you all the bills included, your internet included. They will have staff there who are trained and experienced in supporting students. So what most students do is maybe live in the student accommodation for the first year and then second and third year, you know, and onwards, maybe they go into a house share together where you are a bit more independent. You might be off campus, but bear in mind, you might, you might not have the bills included. You might not have your internet included. So you've got to factor that into the rent. Yeah. So your student accommodation basically makes it a little bit of an easier transition because you've kind of got one bill to worry about that covers all your bits. Whereas when you're living in, say, a house share, for example, that can get more complicated. So it's, it depends what you want and how you're going to manage that. Yeah, and that, it gives you those life skills. It gives you those life skills to get into practice of managing your bills and everything and how you're going to split the bills with all your housemates. And you might have some discussions there with housemates where you might have to have some disagreements, but that's part of life and that's how you grow, I think. Um, what I would just say is here at Bradford, um, we do have a really great service called Unipol. They essentially are a housing association who accredit private landlords they can advise students on which accommodations to go for so if there are private landlords who want to rent students they can get they go to unipol and they can get a tick of approval essentially it's a seal of quality that unipol have done checks on them and then if you ever did have an issue with those landlords you can always go to unipol and they can advise you you know they can help advocate on your behalf let's say so they're providing a bit of a safety net even as people do venture out into sort of private rentals rather than through the university or university providers it gives them that safety net to help them along basically 
So that's kind of covered a lot of the stuff about when we're advising students about when they come to university. So before they arrive, what you need to think about. Uh, one last thing to say about that would be be aware of deadlines. You know, we've mentioned doing things early, mentioned doing things, you know, getting looking for accommodation early, get your finance applications in early, but also be aware of the deadlines as well because they do exist for most things. So put them in your diary and make sure you don't miss any of them. You know, check up, check up front, what are they? And then you know what you're working towards. You've kind of got that literal deadline to get it, get it in there. And then you're just aware from the get-go what you need to be doing and when you need to do it to help you prioritize which bits to do when. That can also be a useful, a useful tip. Now, once they've actually arrived and a student's, you know, taking a place here, they're beginning their academic journey with us here at Bradford, they have to enroll and that's that's when things begin to start actually ticking over with regards to finance and, and, and student student finance there because you enroll and that kind of triggers everything to begin. Absolutely. And really with the student finance to kind of break it into two you've got the tuition fee loan you've got the maintenance loan now i won't give any really specific dates because obviously like i said they can change from year to year but generally speaking when you enroll at university and you're going through student finance you'll get a maintenance loan payment in your first in september your second in january and your third in april and that's been consistent for year after year after year for the past few years and that's when you will get those payments into your bank account. That's the maintenance loan. The tuition fee loan, that goes straight from student finance into the university. You don't need to worry about that going into your bank account and then you paying the university. You get the maintenance loan into your bank account and that's for you to pay your living costs, whether that's commuting, renting, maybe buying a new laptop, maybe putting it towards a car for car insurance, that type of thing. You know, But make sure you use it sensibly because particularly if you don't have a job at the time, that has to last you from September all the way until January. So essentially there, you know, you're looking at quite a few months where if you don't have a job, you're going to have no other source of income. So make sure you manage it well. And that's where our team and, you know, lots of universities, probably all of them now have money advisors or might be called student life advisor. And our job is to give you advice on budgeting, make sure you're managing your money well, maybe telling you some apps, services that you can use to make sure you're making every penny count. You're learning those budgeting skills. You know, maybe you don't already have them because you've never needed them before. Just being aware of that's something you're going to have to consider. And if you're not sure and you, you may be a bit confused by it or maybe it's a bit overwhelming, you guys are there to sort of provide a helping hand and make sure that you're not stuck. So if someone does have a problem, would encourage you to go and speak to the team and just and get the advice that they need yeah definitely and and also and just to add as well i mean even because you know here at bradford we have a really good proportion of what we'd call adult learners which is basically anybody over 21 when they're studying with us and many of them have been maybe got families or have been living by themselves for you know lots of years have been renting been used to that lifestyle but even they can become a bit unstuck because maybe lots of them are working part-time full-time before they come to us and then all of a sudden they've had to give up the full-time job and they're having to get used to managing with just all oh, this maintenance loan payment. Um, now, also, I'm aware lots of our listeners might also be thinking of applying for healthcare degrees. With the healthcare degrees, you will also get the NHS Learning Support Fund, which is, let's say, minimum £5,000 per year. Again, could change since 2023. Yeah, it varies. <laughs> it's a thing that's there. The, the number might differ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, just to make that clear. Um, you know, so currently it is that 5000 and that's it in the you will get that payment in november the second payment in march and the third payment in july and just to be clear that's the amount that you get over the whole year and that's split into those chunks yes absolutely yeah it'll be divided into three yeah, yeah. and that's where when you are thinking about how much money am i going to get when i go to university whether it's just the maintenance loan or you're going to get the maintenance loan and the nhs 
make sure you divide that total into three. You're not going to get all of it just in one. You're not going to get that total three times. It You're going to get it divided by three and three payments throughout the year. So it's the, it's the total amount. You basically grab the whole number like the per per annum and then you just divide it by three because it's split into those payments. So you've you've got less to worry about all at once, but it does mean being aware of that from, from the get-go. I think it's also important to note that once you've enrolled, that begins the process of like releasing funds, like say, to the university directly to pay for your tuition, but then in, your maintenance comes to you. That's not always immediate. That can take a few days. So be aware of that. You know, don't don't be expecting I've enrolled. I'm going to check my bank an hour later and then the money's going to be there. You know, the machine and the cogs of that machine can take a bit of turning and that's not something that happens immediately. So just keep that in mind. You know, you're a new student, you get to university, you enroll, everything's good to go. It takes a couple of days to tick over. And that's why we would always advise people, please don't, please never assume Make sure when you have completed your student finance application and you get, you'll be sent your payment plan by student finance. That will tell you what date you will get each of your payments. Okay. So we would always just say, make sure you look at your payment plan and you know what dates you're going to get your maintenance loan payments on exactly. Same on the NHS if you qualify for that. Yeah. So just again, check the paperwork, as we said before, read the fine print, check all your dates can be a good idea to pop them in your calendar. Just be aware of what's coming and when. And if you've, if you've checked all your paperwork out and such, then you're good to go with that. If you're looking through your paperwork and you can't find that, that becomes one of the questions you can ask. Get in touch. You know, I've, I've been told I've been approved, but I can't find when I'm going to get paid or how much. That's something that you can help them with and, and kind of advise them on where to find that information, how to request it if they've not been sent it, that kind of thing. Now, we're saying there's help available. I guess the next question then is, you know, how do students, you've mentioned an email address already for people that they can email in, but how do they gain access to this? You know, how do they find you guys that are on campus or remotely? You know, how do they go about getting the help if they need it? So normally the people who need us tend to be directed to us by other staff who are aware of us. So like I said, we are called the Student Life Team. Other universities, it might be Money Advisor, Welfare Advisor, Essentially, in our team, we are there to support the students who are maybe finding things difficult. And we always say we're the people there to offer the practical support. So every university now will have counselling services, mental health advisors, disability services advisors. The people who are like the welfare advisors, student life advisors, we're the ones there to kind of give the practical solutions to problems. So We have websites where students can find us and our services. We have an appointments page where you can book an appointment with us. That can be online or in person. We have a team phone number that people can call. We have our inboxes. You know, when you are a student at university, you'll get access to kind of the intranet, let's say, their own university portal. And if you are thinking, I need some support, just search in that intranet advisor or welfare advisor and then you'll find their pages so lots of students will book appointments with us or email us or call us and we are we do work very closely with the academics here so we work closely with the other staff at the university that are there to advise the students so for example i work very closely with a number of academics and if any of their students are having problems and they think ah i'll ask tom and i'll introduce students to tom so we make sure we have a presence at the university and people know how to come to us you're kind of casting that net wide to try and make sure we don't miss anybody by having those connections with other staff members and other academics who might pick up where you aren't always visible to make sure that that doesn't get that doesn't get missed which is always a useful tool to make sure that everyone's communicating and then help can be provided 
And like you said, we've got other services that are available as well as people need it. But you guys are there for like practical solutions. So there's a problem, you know, it relates to something that you can help with. If you can't help with it, you can direct them where they can go to get any other assistance they might need from other services. But if it's something you can deal with, it'll be a practical solution to a problem to help them sort of move through it. Just to kind of detail all the support we offer. We're there to speak about the finances, as we've addressed. We're there to give you advice on your student finance. I mean, on a day at standard week, you know, week to week, I might have to sit with a student. We'll call student finance together because maybe there's been a delay in their funding. Maybe student finance have said they've made an overpayment to the student. Maybe the money hasn't yet been released. We're there to, okay, let's call them on your behalf and find out what the situation is. We're also there to help students with, let's say, housing, we can help advise them on where to look for housing or what types of housing to go for, you know, help there to really just help the students with those practical elements of life. And some students have just come to me and said, I can't make my money last. I'm spending all of it. So it's like, right, let's look through your bank statements, see maybe what your money's going on, how we can help you. Maybe we can advise them how to get extra money from funding sources. Maybe we can help put them in contact with a career service. We're really like a signposting service. We'll do the practical support. We'll give the financial advice. And then sometimes we have to say, go speak to the career service. Or maybe you need to go speak to counselling because you're finding things a bit difficult at the moment. And we're really there for that high level support. If people are in maybe very difficult situations, they can come to us. And as we know, sometimes university can just be stressful. Maybe whether you're living away from home for the first time, you're feeling homesick. Maybe you've got, maybe you're trying to do your uh, degree and you've also got, you're a single parent and you're juggling studies with childcare and, you know, we're there to go, right, let's sit down, tell me what the problem is, we'll find a solution and try and fix it. Uh, We do also have um, a hardship fund. And again, this is something that's university wide. Universities do have pots of money and it's for students who basically are in financial difficulty you know, severe financial difficulty and it's there to give them a short-term boost to maybe to give them enough to manage extra for a month and then help them. Or it's maybe just students who we can see they've got more outgoings and incoming. So we do all, we do also administrate that and students can apply and we then they, if they do qualify and they are eligible, they can get extra funding from us. Again, it's just another one of those safety nets where it's not going to be available to everybody because there's often other solutions that are available that don't involve using that limited fund but if it is a situation of there's no real way around this, you're going to try and make sure as much as possible that they're not left in dire straits effectively. So that's a lot of the supports, the services that you guys offer, how you help people, um, sort of what that, that help can look like, and some of the guidance and tips on the journey before and when you first arrive at university. And that, that support obviously does then string throughout. So it's not just a when you first enroll and when you first get here. You're, you know, this help and services, they're available while you're a student here. So you can, you know, if you get to your third year and you've been managing fine and suddenly you're not, you can still reach out. You know, just because you're in third year and you've been doing it for two years, perfectly fine, does not mean that you can't find yourself with a question. So always feel free to, to reach out at any stage during your application and life here as a student at Bradford. That's what these services are there for, to really provide that support throughout your entire journey with us. And we want to make sure we help. Now, with regards to the cost of living and and finance and that kind of thing, I know that there's often a lot of kind of myths, misconceptions, kind of boogie stories around what things can be like. And they're not often very true or maybe they're not based on anything true. It's always good kind of, I think, to discuss those kind of things and make people aware of them because I don't want someone to hear them panic and it's actually not something they really need to be worrying about. Yeah, and I'm really glad you brought that up, Chris, because 
it's one of the things very, very common that I hear at open days or when I go out to schools and colleges and particularly that I hear from parents. So for those students who are maybe between 16 and 18 and applying to university, it does tend to be you'll get the parents very worried about student finance. And then I see it on the flip side where maybe it's a more adult learner and they're also worried about how does it work. So I w- I'm going to break down a few of the really common myths that I hear from people. One of the first is... And it's not always a myth, but it's just a, it's a wrong way of thinking about it. So I'll hear from people, oh, I don't want to take any maintenance loan because I'm worried about having to pay it all back. So I'm just going to take a tuition fee loan. Or they'll go, I won't take the maximum maintenance loan. In my opinion, the only person you're hurting by doing that is yourself. And I'll explain why. So the way you repay your student finance is when you graduate, it's basically the, the year after, currently, you do pay back um, 9% of anything above £27,250. Now, and for students who are going to start from this year, it's going to be 9% of anything above 25000 Yeah, Just to caveat, basically Let's, these numbers are the current numbers. Yeah. These things are always changing, but that information is available to you when you're applying. So yeah. just check your repayment plan information for what you're what you're going through when you're applying but that's some examples of the current numbers be aware that could change in the future yeah absolutely always double check um so these are the current figures as of this year and the best way to work out how much you're going to repay like just look at the the nine percent figure if you're earning one thousand pound above the threshold and again it'll depend on what you know when you graduate but if you're earning nine one thousand above you're going to pay back 90 pound per year okay so if you're earning five thousand, you're going to pay back four hundred fifty pound per year. If you're earning ten thousand above, it's going to be nine hundred. You get the picture. So when I'm speaking to these students, I'm just saying I don't think they understand how the repayments work, and they're just thinking debt, debt. But you have to really do your research, and as we said throughout this podcast, research, look at how everything works and ties together, and then apply it and really think about right. Realistically, if I earn this much money, which would be a really good salary how much am I going to pay back over how long I have to make the repayments? And just some other myths, really. The common ones, people like say to me, what happens if I lose my job and I can't pay it back anymore? Nothing. Currently, student finance will just go, and again, this is how it's always been, student finance will just go, right, you don't earn above the threshold, whatever it is for yourself. Okay, you don't pay anything. So What you owe basically becomes a nil value every month, and that's that, basically. Yeah, so if you earn, if you're earning above the threshold, you're making payments. All of a sudden, you just maybe you lose your job, you're earning nothing, or you're earning below the threshold. You just don't pay anything, and nobody's going to come knocking on your door or anything like that. Um, you know, another one. Some people do say to us, "I'm really worried about what you know, how it will look on my credit score." Or basically, what I mean by that is, will it negatively affect me getting a mortgage because they see I have this student finance? No. It's that it's not the type of debt that is factored into those types of you know conversations. Of course, I do want to emphasise: do think about how much you are going to pay back when you start earning above the threshold. Because obviously, it's like an extra tax on your pay slip. It just as soon as you start earning above, it will automatically come out of your salary if you're employed by an organisation, and it appears on there with your income tax, with your pension. And then you'll see student finance, you know, student loans company. So really do think about that. You know, and I've spoken to students throughout this year where they haven't got means tested. And what I mean by means testing is getting, providing student finance with your household income. 
So whether you live at home with your parents or a parent or your guardians, or whether you live by yourself or with a partner, basically you make sure that you tell student finance your household income in status, okay? So if you are living at home with a partner and you're above 25, or if you're under 25, you have to provide parents' information um, or your guardians' household income, unless you can prove that you've been independent for three years. So when you provide them with that information, you're telling student finance that this is how much money comes into my household and that will determine how much maintenance loan you get, okay? So if you are getting, let's say your par- your household income is below £25,000 per year, you will get the maximum from your student finance, okay? The maximum maintenance loan. If your household income is above, is above let's say, 62000 you're probably going to be getting around the minimum, okay? And I'm not going to give a figure because, as we've said throughout, these things change year to year to year, okay? They like to fiddle with the numbers just to confuse us all, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. So make sure, because I've spoken to loads of students here at Bradford this year where they're going, I'm really struggling. And when we look into it, well, no wonder you're struggling. You're only getting this minimum amount when actually you should be getting a, probably about £4,000 more each year and then we work with the students to make sure they send off the household income information student finance and then all of a sudden they're getting the maximum everything's sorted now i do want to say this as well because i sometimes i appreciate some of our students might not want to take a maintenance loan um that might and they might be very very adamant that might be for religious reasons it might just be for personal reasons about debt and again even though i've said really you, I'd still take the money. If you don't want to use it, put it in a savings account. Use it when you need it in the future. But I respect that some people just don't want to take a maintenance loan. But I would still really advise that you get your, provide student finance with your household income information. Because if you earn a below, a, if your household income is below a certain amount, you might qualify for some scholarships or some bursaries. So, and that's got no interest on it it's a bursary you don't need to pay back okay you're not getting any debt you're not borrowing money it's basically just something to help you and it's it's, a, it's given not owed yeah and i've spo- i've worked with students this year where they've just said look i don't want to take any maintenance loan but then i've said to them yeah but if you had done this um household income assessment you would have qualified for this bursary which roughly you know would have been quite a good few hundred pound each year but they've come now to the end of the course and they've never got it once. So they've missed out on free money. Um, and also just when you are looking at universities, please do look at scholarships. If you just go any university you're interested in, just Google, let's say, University of Bradford scholarships and you'll see all the scholarships, bursaries and grants that you could be eligible for. If you see scholarship, bursary or grant, it basically 99.9% of the time, it means it's free money. You're never going to have to pay it back. You might get it if you get really good grades, access a level btech you might get it if um your household income is below a certain amount as i've already said and it just it's extra money to help you throughout the year it's making sure that people have got what they need to be supported and if you can get that extra assistance there's nothing wrong with doing that you know it's not i think sometimes around money there can be this idea of you know borrowing money needing that help can be seen kind of shameful almost and i just think that's something that people need to kind of understand it's not it's not shameful to need an extra bit of a little bit of help at the end of the day you're going throughout an academic period of your life it can be quite difficult and quite stressful don't make it worse for yourself by not applying for everything that you can apply for and like you say with the means testing even if you don't want the grant uh, the loan sorry 
still go through that process because it makes you aware of everything else that might be available outside of the thing you don't want to, to deal with. That's just one aspect of it. So keep that in mind when you're, when you're um, going through this process and, and, and you'll be aware that it doesn't mean you have to take the loan at the end of it if you don't want to. Yeah, and, you know, I'm not here to tell people, oh, you must take this loan. You know, so really just think about it. And I do want people to be aware that the student finance system is there to help you. It's there to support you. You know, and it is probably the friendliest, let's say, type of debt you will take or loan you will take. But ultimately, when you graduate and you start earning above, it just feels like a tax. It's basically just the same. It's like, okay, you've gone to university. The government's paid for you to go to university. Now you've got this tax for X number of years. But it is probably the friendliest loan you will ever take. And I know that sounds a bit strange, but you know, really compared to like a loan from a bank or anywhere else, it is far more supportive and friendly. And ultimately, like I said, if you don't earn enough, if you stop, if you are earning and then you stop earning enough to pay back, it just stops. Nobody comes to your house and says, give me a TV. It doesn't work like that. So basically, I think that to highlight and summarize everything, it's make sure you're informed, make sure you read everything you get sent and make sure you're aware of what you're borrowing what that looks like, how that's going to be getting paid back, when it's going to come in, etc. You know, check what payments plan you're on afterwards for when you do graduate, what that looks like for you specifically and where your thresholds are. But also, you know, make sure you get means tested. And even if you're not intending to take out all of the loans that are available to you, it never hurts to have all the information. So if you've got all the information, you can then make informed decisions and everything's kind of at your fingertips to do whatever you want to do with it, but you've got the information there. So it doesn't hurt to engage and get that ball rolling and then choose yes, no, maybe, etc. Just make sure you've got everything available to you to be able to make informed decisions about how you manage your own finances. That's the perfect point to finish on. I think it's all about those informed decisions. And and I just want to add as well, like, you know, I think it's a really common theme throughout what we've spoken about, but please don't be afraid to ask for help and please don't leave it too late. I mean, we see it week after week where sometimes people only come to us when they're already in a crisis or they're already in a very difficult situation. And the amount of times we say in our office, if they'd come to us a few months earlier or even weeks, we could have fixed this, but they don't. And I appreciate sometimes you you can't ask for help if maybe you weren't aware that you were in a difficult situation. But for those people who maybe feel like you're struggling or maybe you can feel like maybe something's about to go wrong, ask for help at the university. You know, there are loads of staff there who are really trained, really good experts in their area who are there to help you. And if you go to them and just say, look, this is my situation, I need some help. You know, nine times out of 10, they're probably going to be able to make you feel a bit better or help improve your situation or at least you know you've done everything you can. So in summary, this service is here to support students throughout their entire academic journey, and that includes when you're applying for university as well. Don't feel like you can't reach out and ask for assistance. You know, this can be quite complicated stuff, and it's important that you understand it fully, and you are well-informed to make the correct decisions and make those informed decisions based on your own circumstances. So do be sure to reach out as and when you need to. That's all for this episode. I'd like to thank Tom very much for joining us today to talk over everything and thank you all for listening. For more information about this and much more, be sure to check out the University of Bradford website. Bye-bye for now.